You're listening to Save the Date, the number one podcast about all things wedding Coming live to you from a shitty hotel room. Well, look, it's not shitty. It's just not necessarily my own home. And uh, I am on the road at the moment. And if you hear weird noises, it means I can't be I can't be responsible. Listen to this. I've got a... I don't know if you can hear this. I've got a squeaky chair. My chair at home is not squeaky. And um, I've got my small cup of coffee here that I've made in my tiny kettle with my tiny stupid little packets of creamer or milk, which is not really real cream. It's just full of crap. And um, it's quiet. But I thought, what a great time to record this week's episode of the Save the Date Wedding Podcast Q&A Thursday because I'm alone and I'm avoiding going to the gym, which is unusual for me. But I did go when I got here last night and um, it's a very small gym and I like to do weights and I like to do the treadmill and I like to go outside, but it's, it's, you know, it's a weird place and I don't know where I'm going. But when I got there, there was a big huffy puffy man on the bike and uh, he was doing this <sighs> a lot, which good for him. He was feeling the burn, but with him feeling the burn, it was right near where I had to do weight. So I was basically sitting on his lap doing lap pulls. So I decided this morning it's a better thing for me to do is get up early and talk to you. And I will notice even in my own headphones, I can hear my morning voice a little bit. So I do apologize. It will warm up. I just haven't spoken to another human being yet. There it is. Very excited to be bringing you this show. Um, lots of Q&A questions are coming in. I just love you guys so much. And big long emails. I Trust me, I do get back to you. I try and give you solutions and links and all this sort of stuff. If you have a friend that is getting married, please share the podcast. Share the email with them that I send out, uh, the guide to getting hitched. If you haven't downloaded my free ebook, send them that and say you've bought it for them. I don't care. It's free. Just lie. I, I I don't have a problem with people going, I bought this wonderful wedding planning book for you and it's a free PDF. I mean, it was on sale. Actually, it's still on sale. You can buy it in the shops as a hardcover form, but I just choose to give it to you for free via the ebook. There it is. Hey, you know what? I love, because you are very forward thinking, can I just say this? As podcast listeners, you are... Well, I don't want to make this sound like a dickhead, but you are sort of futuristic. There are a lot of people out there that still don't really know what podcasts are. I meet people and they say, <laughs> well, we go, and what does Alicia do? And she said, well, she works in television, but she's got this great podcast that she spends half her life making because she loves it. Um, and they'll go, what's a podcast? And that does surprise me. But it also surprises me how many people own iPhones and don't really realize that the icon is an inbuilt icon now. The podcast icon is absolutely there to stay. And someone said to me the other day, oh, I deleted that. And I said, well, you can't because it's built into the iOS structure. So suck on that. (laughs) So saying that you are modern people listening to podcasts, whatever you're doing, I threw a challenge at you that I'm happy that my uh, one of my first listeners has has picked up this challenge and run with it. And that was a few weeks ago, I said that I installed a new button, a button on the Save the Date Wedding Podcast page that you could press and record a question or a statement or a message of love. It's called SpeakPipe. A lot of the other big podcasters are using it. And I thought, I'll be damned if I don't have a go. So here's the thing. I'm going to play you something so you can realize, don't be scared. 
don't be scared. Lovely Stephanie, a few weeks ago, she wrote to me and asked me a question. Let me just refresh your memory. But I want more fancy desserts to make the day more special. However, when I asked about having just desserts, the coordinator gave me the impression that they don't like veering from the original menu. What can I do? That was episode 80 of the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. And Stephanie was asking about really how to negotiate with a venue where you have a really good deal going, where they're giving you everything, an all-inclusive venue is what we like to call it. But it is one of these situations where you go, well, I don't really want that dessert that you're giving me. Can I have a dessert table or tray or petit foie? or whatever you want. So it can be tricky. It really does depend on what sort of coordinator you have at the hotel or venue. But I told Stephanie to give it a crack, to put on a business heels, a sassy business heels, and go back and negotiate because damn it, it is her day. And lo and behold, what a beautiful woman, she left me a voice message to tell me what happened. Hey Alicia, it's Stephanie. Just listened to your last podcast. My venue is coordinating with me. I'm just waiting on an email for a list of desserts that I get to choose from. So excited. Love, love, love your podcast. Can't wait for the next one. Okay, bye. I cannot tell you how satisfying it is. A, she went there, she negotiated she's going to get what she wants. And also she listened to the podcast and went, I'm going to leave a voicemail. Can I just say to you so much easier than typing big, long emails, even though I love receiving your emails. If you have 30 seconds to just say your question, send it to me, push the button. It's actually next to when you go to the website and you go to the connect button and you go to send me an email, the button is right there next to the send button. Okay. So thank you, Stephanie, for taking me up. You are, see, you're a first, you're a first settler, a first settler. You're a technological genius. Thank you for doing that. And I'm so happy that they're going to help you get the desserts you want. Because as you said, it's a simple request that a lot of people and a lot of venues you find get all a flutter when you ask them to diverge from their main point, because they're probably used to doing the same thing over and over again. And to be honest, it might be a nice challenge for them and you might give them ideas to add to their current menu, but people get really set in their ways. And sometimes it's nice to just give people in all facets of life, can I just say, a bit of a push saying, listen, I would like something different. Let's do this. Let's work together. I'm not going to throw you in the deep end. We're not doing this the day before the wedding, but here are some options, as I said in the answer to Stephanie. And this can go for any sort of venue and any situation. It doesn't just mean dessert tables that you can say, here is a whole Pinterest page I can share with you of ideas, recipes, photographs, whatever. And just sort of subtly say, hey, wake up, Australia what we used to say, wake up sunshine, here's some ideas, let's go with it, let's try and work on this together. Shall we start some uh, new Q&A questions? I think we should. Holly uh, wrote me a wonderful email titled, what's with all these parties? (laughs) Your subject lines are truly brilliant, they really do entertain me. 
I'd like you to come and write my subject lines because I always sit there. I can write a really fast email and then get really stuck on the subject line. You want to entertain, but also get people to open an email. Sometimes that's harder than easier said than done. Hi, Alicia. As a newly engaged lady, I've been enjoying catching up on your back catalogue of podcasts. Your down-to-earth advice, sense of humour and overall air of acceptance has made me a lifetime listener. Gee whiz, that is a gift. It's an absolute gift, Holly. Thank you. I suppose my question is one of etiquette from the viewpoint of a non-traditional couple. I mean, seriously, we're getting married. Halloween 2016. Oh, I love you. For the most part, I have my wedding ceremony and reception all figured out. But what comes before that? Is there a difference between a wedding and a bridal shower? Oh, that's a good question. What takes place during them? Who hosts them? And around what time frame? I'm also interested in an engagement party. I want to celebrate my fanny off. I'm giving you an American accent now because only Americans use the word fanny in the way you're using it. But how do I go about arranging one and when? What sort of customs are associated with it? And what should I expect to provide? Well, this is a whole episode, Holly. I might just have to put everyone else's emails in the bin. Not the bin. Not the bin. Just the special filing cabinet in my bag. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love this. And lastly, as a couple who isn't interested in a party with penis popsicles, nipple tassels, and lap dances, what do we do to respectfully let our pals know we want to behave in quotes, for our last night of being single, in quotes. What sort of bachelor, bachelorette party should we host instead? Got an answer for you pretty quickly, and I think a lot of people will be listening are going, we, we think we already know the answer. Are you with me? Thank you for your time. I hope I didn't seem too scatterbrained. Feel free to use any or all part of my messages during your show. If you think others may be facing a similar issue. Love ya! Listen, Holly, I love your email. I love your sensibility. I love your point of view. You're going in in exactly the way 90% of people organizing a wedding are going, what the hell is this all about? What are all these customs? What are these weird traditions? Do we have to do them? Here's a really simple answer. No, you can do whatever you want. And to be honest, the whole, this is episode 88 of the wedding planning podcast the whole sort of vibe that I like to give you is we get so attached to all these traditions and these expectations of doing things at the right time and making things happen for other people. And to be honest, the other people just do it because someone else has done it. It's it's very silly, but also it gives you an opportunity to do whatever the hell you want to do. Firstly, Holly, if you haven't downloaded my book, I'd say go and download it because I have a whole chapter on each of these things, especially bridal showers. They're a weird beast and every country has different ideas about traditions. I think I've said before in Australia, we have this thing called the kitchen tea and you have to say it like that because it's silly. It's a kitchen tea. It's a very antiquated idea where the women all get together and this is not the actual bridal shower. It's where the women get together and um, they have <laughs> they play like parlor games that are associated with the kitchen i mean it's sexist as hell it really is i avoided it some people still really enjoy doing it and there are lots of great posts blog posts out there about modernizing that tradition getting people involved getting guys along but it's a way that um the older ladies can participate in sort of bachelor bachelorette style parties this kitchen tea your bridal shower and they give kitchen related gifts homewares that sort of stuff 
people, I think really early on in the podcast, and I can't remember, I'm sorry, off the top of my head, I did one of my first Q&A episodes. Someone sent me a cracking question about a friend who was a Tupperware sponsor. Is it a sponsor? Is that the word? Rep, salesperson, who was very pushy saying, I really want to gift you a Tupperware party for your bridal shower, your kitchen tea, your um, celebration day. And the the lovely girl that wrote to me went, I don't want that. It's not in my belief system. I don't really want to have this day and I don't really want her making money out of it, which really made me giggle because no disrespect to anyone that is a rep for any of these companies. You work really hard, but it's sometimes if you're at the bottom of the pyramid scheme and they're at the top or even just a couple of rungs down or above you, they will push pretty hard to get you to have these parties and celebrations so they can make sales. I get it, but it's not necessarily everyone's bag. So a bridal shower in the way I recognize it, and please correct me if you, if wherever you're from, I love hearing about different cultures and traditions and timelines in different countries because honestly, you are everywhere, my lovely listeners. I've got people in Japan. I've got lots of people in America. I've got people in Norway. Hello, Norway listeners. I know there's not many of you, but welcome. If I'd done my research, I would have looked up the word for welcome in your Norwegian, but I didn't. So saying that a a wedding or bridal shower, your first question is generally, uh, well, from what the ones I've been to have been about a month out from the wedding, they're usually a weekend afternoon tea sort of situation. And it's a good opportunity if you are doing it to get the older women who might not want to go out and rah-rah whoop it up with you to come along, play some silly games and really get it happening. I do suggest if you are listening to this podcast, I think you're probably, as you said, a bit more non-traditional, a bit more open-minded when it comes to this stuff. I wouldn't feel obliged to do that party at all if you don't want to. No one's going to miss it. If you're dead keen on it and you see an opportunity to fill your kitchen or get some lovely, I don't know, you know, homeware related things, ride the party, do it. But look up, I know the website, A Practical Wedding. And also there was The Bitchless Bride and um, Offbeat Bride. Three blogs I really enjoy all have posts about having a sort of feminist bridal shower. And they're great. I couldn't do it any better than them. So I'm going to point you in the right direction to read those. The next one is asking about, well, she asks who hosts those. Usually in that situation, I would say it is a parent, a mum, a grandmother, an auntie. It's usually... To me, an older, an older member of the family, perhaps your maid of honor as well. I've been to one where the maid of honor has hosted at her home and fine, the end. I think we've done that question, haven't we? Also, engagement parties. I have not done an episode about engagement parties and I will because I think this is actually a really big part of a lot of people's celebrations and I've clearly ignored it. So I'll say this, I will do an episode all about planning an engagement party I have mixed feelings about engagement parties because, to be honest, if you are planning a wedding, they're really expensive, as we all know. If you have someone that wants to gift you an engagement party or if you want to have an engagement party in your backyard, great. But I do see a lot of couples having these really elaborate, you know, catered parties where they're sort of like mini weddings without the weddings and spending a lot of money a year out 
of their, you know, celebration celebration times a year out from their wedding when they could just pop the money in the bank and save it for the wedding. So I think an engagement party is great fun if you can afford it, if it can fit into your budget, and also if it's something that perhaps is a bit far out. Maybe you're not getting married for another, well, as you said, Halloween 2016, when I'm recording this, that's at least a year away. So, you know, maybe you could incorporate it with a Halloween party this year. And say, well, in one year time, one year's time, we are going to have a kick-ass wedding. That might be nice. Have a Halloween party. I don't know. I'd come to that. We don't really do Halloween in Australia, but I would like to be involved. Let's just say that. So stay tuned for more details about engagement parties. I think an episode where I can come up with some snazzy ways to have a budget wedding. I hate using that word. I know, I know lovely Jess from the Budget Savvy Bride, who is a sort of regular guest on this show. We always say budget's not a dirty word, but so many people see budget as being cheap. And I see budget as this idea that you're sticking within a budget and doing what you can on your budget. It's a positive thing. And also, you're not getting into debt and getting into deep financial shit over a party. I can say it over and over again. Eventually, it'll get into everyone's brains. It's like a propaganda message, a positive propaganda message. She also says, lastly, we're the couple who uh, don't want the penis popsicles. Now, this is very apt because my one of my last episodes that I produced for the podcast, let me just check what episode it was. It was episode number... Uh, my neighbours would be loving me singing right now in this hotel room. Episode number 81 was a t- episode titled Phallic 8 Phallic Free Bachelorette Ideas, which I stand by. A few people wrote to me and didn't know what the word phallic was. And I'm like, Google that shit. Then you'll see what the word phallic means. <laughs> it was all about how to avoid all the cock stuff, all the penis things, if it's not your style to be heading out with the gals wearing... Penis nexical, nexical, penis nexicals. There it goes. Wearing your penis popsicles and wearing, I don't know, crazy shit on your head or whatever. Having strippers and all that. It was coming up with ideas that you can celebrate with your gal pals and your guy pals and have a great time without necessarily incorporating all the sexy stuff. I love sexy stuff. I just don't really need to wear a giant penis on my head. That's all I'm saying. So I think you, Holly... Your thoughts that you said were scatterbrained were not scatterbrained. You are putting down questions that are completely relevant to a lot of people listening. And I know if I was planning a wedding right now, I would want to have all those questions answered. And to be honest, someone asked me the other day about why I do this podcast. And it's because, and this is a bit on myself, but when I was planning a wedding, there was nothing like this around. And I would have listened to this because I am just like you, Holly. I'm going, I don't get that. What's going on with that? That doesn't make any sense. And to be honest, a lot of the magazines, when you read one issue that was produced, I don't know, in September 2014, and then you read the next issue that's this September, a lot of the stuff is the same. I mean, no diss, I love you, wedding magazines, but it they sort of perpetuate the same stuff and don't always explain these traditions and these sort of ideas of what people are doing worldwide. They just republish it all and it goes around and around and around and you can get confused. Just saying. Maybe explain some of this shit a bit more regularly and I wouldn't have to do it. No, don't do that because I enjoy doing this. 
A Twitter question has come my way, has passed my door. It is from at Christy R A R. She says, I just started planning my wedding. How can I convince my fiance to stop pushing an open bar at our reception? Christy, this is a great question. When it comes to budget, one of the biggest spends at a reception is booze, booze and food. And it really does depend on what sort of venue you have and what situation they are putting forward about alcohol. One of my favorite ways to save money is to obviously find, not obviously, you might not have heard this, is to find a venue where you can provide your own alcohol. And in second place is to find a venue that is willing to negotiate as to what sort of alcohol they're going to serve when it comes to having an open bar. So an open bar for people that don't know, it's a it's a very, um, I think quite an American saying, it's where you are paying for the booze when it comes to your guests at a wedding. So it sometimes can mean that you are actually having a bar as a normal bar at a pub or a club or a restaurant and guests can go up and order whatever the hell they want. This is a bad decision, can I just say, because you don't want people going there unless you've got lots of money. And that's a great decision because I love being a guest when they have an open bar where you can go, I would like a gimlet or I would like a rum, vodka, bloody mule or something. People get a bit carried away when they see the term open bar because they're like, fuck, let's go for it. Let's have some crazy cocktails we've never had before. And then the the uh, couple end up paying premium prices for their booze on the day. So here's a couple of options for you and your fiancé to discuss and come to some sort of mutual agreement because that's what being in a relationship is all about, unless you bully each other and then maybe someone gets their own way. I think you need to just look at your budget And also talk to your venue about what options they provide when it comes to trying to make sure people stick to the plan. Now, when you're saying you don't want any open open bar at all, I often think it's really nice to provide your guests with some sort of alcohol to start with. And then they don't quite get as poopy pants when you say, hey, it's cash bar now for you. If it's cash bar from the day one, I don't want to be judgy and I know people are on a budget, but even just providing a round of champagne or beer for the get-go is a really nice, it's a really generous sort of offer. And again, if you're on a budget and this is not a possibility, I'm not saying you're a bad hostess with the mostess or anything. I'm just saying it can be a nice way to warm your guests up for perhaps paying for their alcohol if that's what you have to do. Again, if you're at a, at a, a, a reception venue that are asking you to do that, if that's something you want to do, make sure you talk to them about what alcohol that you'll be serving. For example, making sure that you ask the costs, uh, the cost of the wine or champagne or beer that they're serving and they're not selling their premium shit that you're doing a mid-range or lower. No one notices. They have a couple of beers, a couple of wines. Ah, it's all it's all gourmet stuff. So talking about the open bar, if you one common thing to do is if you set a budget and say, we are putting one thousand dollars again, it could be a lot of money for a lot of people, it's a lot of money for me, on the bar, and after that thousand dollars is done, everyone pays for their drinks, or five hundred dollars, for example. So I think it's a nice step to talk to your fiance about your expectations of what is manageable for you budget-wise and also the vibe that you want to put out at the wedding. 
If you have an MC, this is an easy way to convey this message. If they might say, drinks are on the house until whatever o'clock, or we have a limited, we and it's a better way to say it than free, we have a limited complimentary bar. So take advantage now. And when it's gone, it'll be a cash bar. And people will go, oh, okay, that's fine. I'll have a couple of glasses of wine now and I will pay for the rest later. I don't think that's offensive. It's the way you communicate it to your guests that is uh, the magic touch, really. A lot of venues also charge a flat fee per head. Again, in um, the guide to getting hitched, I really break this down because it really depends on your guests. If you have a lot of old people that don't booze on very much and you are being charged 25 bucks per head, for example, for all you can drink alcohol, but only 50 of your 100 guests will be having more than two glasses of wine. If even with my basic math skills, you know that it's probably better to then go for an open bar and pay the money for the alcohol consumed on the night and you can cap that as well i'm not saying that you just let the bar go you can say to your venue we have a cap of i don't know fifteen hundred dollars for alcohol and after that it will be a cash bar but until then that's what we would like to spend on booze so it is important that you do your maths and think about your guests about what sort of people and what sort of people they're like when they get into celebration mode. I've got friends that would have 10 drinks and then I have friends that would have one drink. So you need to basically create an average. If you're doing a per head alcohol situation, think very clearly and cleverly about who's going to consume what. Because a lot of venues are quite happy to dare I say, push you into the price per head alcohol situation because they know not everyone is going to have $25 worth of alcohol in an evening. It's a better situation for them. And I'm not saying it's a scam. I'm just saying they're the casino. They always win, really. So to answer your question, Christy, I was getting there. I think you should sit down with your partner and go through the scenarios, really spell it out together of, okay, here's our budget, here's what we've got, here's what we can afford, if any, to spend on alcohol. And maybe he just needs to see the maths. Maybe you can bring him a list of, well, look, did you hear that? Someone just slammed a door in the bloody hotel. Don't they know I'm trying to record a podcast here? Come on. I, I continue. Maybe you can bring him a list of the pricings of the alcohol at your venue because they should be providing that to you when you book it. And just do some maths and say, we've got 100 guests. If they have three drinks each, this is how much it's going to cost us with an open bar. This is how much it's going to cost us with a price per head if your venue will offer that. And this is how much money we have in our bank. Can we afford to have an open bar? Maybe not. I think if you hit people with the facts, especially partners, and don't give them the out, it might be good. Also, listen to his point of view. Have you been to weddings where you've had a cash bar situation and you felt bitterly disappointed because you've not bought any money with you or it's actually literally cash only? I've been to weddings where they've gone, we don't accept cards and you're like, are you fucking kidding me? I just want to pay for a drink. I've got to pay for a drink full stop, which is annoying, but now I just have to pay for a drink and I have to go and find an ATM. So do your research with all that sort of stuff. Again, I am not judging. I fully support the idea that you perhaps can't afford the alcohol. Fine. 
People, again, your family and friends that are going along will understand that. But again, if you can do a round of champagne or something as a complimentary gesture to your guests, I think it's nice. All right, that, my friends, is the end of the hotel edition of the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. We had the complimentary door slam at the end. I've got my all my little, I don't know, weird things here, tiny lamp, all this sort of stuff. I haven't bought, I hope you hear this really annoying, can I just say. I didn't pack my pop, I didn't pack my pop mic I've just got my normal microphone here because I've got to put it in my suitcase. So I'm sorry if there was some... It's not even doing it now, of course, during this episode. In post-production, I'll try and depop them. But you've got to go where you've got to go. And I will not not make my quota of the Save the Date Winning podcast because I love making it for you. I love spending this time with you. And it is such a pleasure to share your wedding planning journeys just, I mean, just sharing it with me. Again, when Stephanie left her voicemail, that was pretty nice. So if I have answered one of your questions and you've had a solution, good, bad or ugly or super good, leave me a little voicemail. I love it. And if you have a and a question and you're not afraid to leave a voicemail for me, don't be afraid. There's nothing to be afraid of. Leave one for me or just go back to the email. I'm not picky. Also, as you will have heard recently, I did an ethical and environmentally friendly wedding episode that was a listener question that I turned into a whole ep because she said, you haven't done it. There's another pop. Uh, if you, you haven't done it, give it a crack. So if you have a theme that I have not covered or a specific question that you think could last for the whole episode, just let me know. All right. Happy wedding planning, my lovely friends. Visit savethedatepodcast.com. Make sure we are friends on Twitter and Facebook so we can connect and communicate. And until Monday, happy days. Save the date wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.